You're listening to 3CR's Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, as we investigate the role of landlords, bankers and natural monopolies through the eyes of the commons. Our birthrights, our birthrights. Listeners, we're with Professor Michael Hudson, the author of J's for Junk Economics, The Bubble and Beyond, and uh, Super Imperialism, amongst many others. And Michael, uh, we often catch up and discuss the ways of the world uh, from uh, this perspective of economic warfare. And uh, the Goldman Sachs CEO, Lloyd Blankfein, has been busy tweeting about how dumbfounded he is that global economies are functioning so well, but the politics, it's going so radical. He just can't figure out why. What do you think he needs to understand? I think they're they're going radical because the economy is not doing well. Goldman Sachs is doing well. But uh, Lloyd Blankfein and Goldman Sachs are narcissists, and they think what's good for Goldman Sachs is good for the economy and for the world economy, so they must be doing well. But the fact is uh, the Eurozone is turning into a dead zone, and apart from the financial sector, the Eurozone is shrinking in terms of uh, wages and consumption and direct investment. The U.S., for the 95% of the population, is shrinking. All the growth since 2008, since the crisis, has accrued only to the 5%, and for them, only in the finance, insurance, and real estate, fire sector. So people are frustrated. They think that uh, uh, when Donald Trump comes along and uh, Steve Bannon, his advisor, says, let's smash up the system, they'll think anything is uh, better than uh, continuing it. If you smash it up, uh, we'll take the grab bag, uh, the pig in the pokey, uh, in, uh, or the bird, two birds in the bush instead of the bird in the hand. Uh, uh, the system is not working at all, largely because of Goldman Sachs. So 21st century Europe, there was an execution in Malta of an activist exposing tax cheats yesterday uh, regarding the Panama Papers. Uh, Racism is triumphing in Austria and political arrests in Catalonia. All that racism in Austria. I think they didn't want uh, the influx of... uh refugees from the American bombing. The State Department today came out again and said, uh, we look at Al-Qaeda and Al-Nusra and ISIS is less important than Iran. Uh, Nikki Haley, the US UN representative, said Iran is trying to uh, promote destabilization all over the world. That's not true. That's a lie. Iran is the main fight backing the Shiites against ISIS. So uh, what uh, Austria doesn't want are the refugees from America's alliance with ISIS, alliance with Saudi Arabia. Uh, Austria doesn't want its policy to be dictated by Saudi Arabia and Israel via the United States. That's not racist. That's just being a decent human being. The EU has a lot coming at it, doesn't it? Germany's accepted over 1 million refugees. Uh, as you s- stated, uh, so many of the nations... It hasn't that- accepted. I wouldn't say that your, your verb, accepted. Uh, th- these refugees have been put there under US pressure uh, because Merkel cannot uh, withstand US pressure. Uh, but it, I think it's only fair. If Germany's part of NATO and NATO's bombing uh, Syria and the Near East, uh, I think it should take a million, maybe two million, maybe three million refu- refugees. I think it should let uh, give, basically, uh, the uh, the Arabs... Southern Germany. So with all of these pressures building on the EU, 
is it falling apart faster than you expected? Uh, it's not really falling apart yet. Nothing has actually happened to make it fall apart. The various parts of it are realizing that uh, it's a disaster, that it's a neoliberal economic uh, union where policies are made not, not by elected officials, but by the EU commission that's appointed by the banks. Uh, many of these officials, by the way, are Goldman Sachs officials. Uh, so the U.S. is a disaster zone, at least the eurozone certainly is. England is trying to withdraw, that's true. You're having in Spain parts of it, uh, both the Basques as well as the uh, uh, the, the other uh, groups trying to withdraw. Right now, uh, the Greek prime minister is in, in the White House getting his orders to order uh, an American uh, military arms as well, uh, not just buy German submarines and German arms, but to buy more American arms. And will they please uh, cut their pensions back a little bit more so that they can spend more money on arms? So uh, Euro the European politics is rotten to the core, uh, led by the right wing of the spectrum which is the Social Democrats uh, for the last uh, few decades. And so the influence of Wall Street and high finance is, is certainly playing a huge role there. Uh, what segment of economic policy do you blame for the, these failings? Is it trade? Is it tax policy? Is it uh, monetary policy? Where do you apportion most of the blame? Monetary and tax policy go together. Uh, tax policy is monetary policy, basically, and financial. Uh, so yes, uh, you're having a, since 1980, you've had a uh, move towards regressive taxation. You've untaxed the financial sector, untaxed real estate, untaxed uh, wealthy people. You have deregulated the economy and permitted monopolies, uh, which you privatized and deregulated at the same time. Uh, so uh, it's privatization. It's uh, everything against which uh, the socialist movement and social democracy fought 100 years ago. We're having a rolling back of uh, the law back to uh, 19th century law, or uh, and the ideal basically is what's called neo-feudalism. You have just a few companies, a few corporations uh, running the whole economy, and all of the growth is centered in to the uh, monopolists, uh, everywhere from real estate to information technology to raw materials to um, what people need, uh, with uh, no growth in living standards uh, at all. That's the ideal of economists, to have zero growth in wages or consumption, and all the uh, economic surplus goes to the fire sector. Here in Australia, we've got an outbreak of concern from even the conservative government saying, look, we need a wage price breakout. We need something to happen for wages to increase. And again, like Lloyd Blankfein, they just can't figure out why wages are increasing so slowly. And uh, they're baffled. <laughs> Wait, they're not increasing faster uh, because uh, employment is uh, growing very slowly because the internal market uh, is not a market for the goods and services that labor produces. More and more of the Australian market and the European and the American market is spent on paying land rent uh, and uh, debt service. 
And after you pay uh, for your house, either mortgage, uh, uh, debt service, or rent, after you pay the banks uh, for the financial charges, there simply is uh, too little income, maybe one third of the paycheck left, to actually buy goods and services. Uh, people don't realize that uh, the prices people are talking about that they say are stable are consumer prices. Uh, they're not taking into account uh, asset prices, the price of land, the price of real estate, the price of stocks and bonds uh, to buy a retirement income. So uh, the economy is being squeezed and more, more and more because of the uh, confusion about what is really the real economy. Uh, the real economy is production of goods and services, but that, that's not what the GDP is. Uh, the gross domestic product own, uh, includes uh, all of the parasitism. Uh, that's what my book, uh, Killing the Host, is all about. Uh, the, uh, the siphoning off of the surplus, basically, by the fire sector. You're on 3CR's Renegade Economist, and this week we're with Professor Michael Hudson from michael-hudson.com one of the leading voices uh, pointing us towards the real economy and what really matters in this neoliberal era when uh, natural monopolies are being privatised at a rate of knots, Michael. Uh, describe how much further this is going to go and why such natural monopolies cannot deliver at least cost. The cost of living is going through the roof and uh, here in Australia, a, a decade of energy policy dithering has now seen blackouts in some states and uh, a, a world of paranoia when it comes to what's going to happen this summer. Well, where you're asking, first of all, how far it can go. Uh, the ideal uh, that Nobel Prizes are given for is uh, it can go until the point where there is no more government, uh, no public sector at all, where the entire government is uh, the corporations and uh, the landowners and the banks uh, and the monopolists. Uh, no government to regulate, no government to tax. Uh, uh, the corporations will get everything. So where it can go is an, uh, the, the libertarian ideal of no government. That's the direction it's going in. Hmm, at a rate of knots. And uh, then when these natural monopolies, such as our gas or our water, are privatized, what are some of the factors that add to the cost pressures for those businesses that weren't there when uh, they were under public control? Well, the cost pressure is greed. It's uh, how much can we charge? How much can we get away with? And the answer is uh, how much do families have to pay? And uh, if families have enough to pay more, uh, that normally they would spend on education or consumer goods, uh, the water company can say, we want all that money for ourselves. You need water, your money or your life, or in this case, your water or your life, uh, or whatever the uh, basic utility is. So there's no limit. Uh, there's deregulation. And even if there is a regulatory authority, uh, the water companies and the monopolists and the banks are in charge of every regulatory authority. So that's called regulatory capture. And there is no constraint on what monopolists can charge. Mm, and here uh, in Australia with our energy regulation, Apparently, the size of that regulation is more extensive than even our Income Tax Act 
So uh, dozens upon dozens of lawyers are employed by the energy companies to ensure that any time any public uh, advocacy group uh, targets them on their pricing policies, they have this defensive mechanism. I dare say that's an international trend. Well, that is built into the Trans-Pacific Partnership that I think Australia wants to join. Under the Trans-Pacific Partnership, any government regu uh, regulation that, uh, in, uh, that uh, reduces what a monopolist can charge has to be paid uh, in full uh, to the monopoly. Uh, that uh, it, it essentially regulation is made for all practical purposes illegal. So you won't need lawyers anymore uh, except to, uh, to sue the government where the government will have, be responsible for paying their legal fees as well as a crime. It will literally become a crime for the government to govern. That's the Trans-Pacific Partnership. That's what Australians are voting for. So I understand that uh, most of your voters don't want a government. You want the monopolies to be totally in control, especially the foreign-owned monopolies, because you believe that they have your welfare at heart. That's why the rest of the world has very little sympathy with Australia. Talking Nobel Prize winners, uh, Richard Thalia uh, was... Uh, a widely acclaimed for talking about the ability to nudge public policy in certain directions. You don't need to uh, get 100% aims straight away. You can nudge people in that direction. Uh, it's 30 years plus now of neoliberalism. Uh, what do you think are, are some of the directions uh, that they're currently setting up for, uh, for future policy loopholes? Well, the big uh, change is the Trans-Pacific Partnership that will ma make it impossible to regulate. For instance, under the NAFTA, uh, North American Free Trade Agreement, uh, Canada just uh, blocked a, uh, a quarry that was polluting the environment, and uh, the uh, quarry company uh, sued the government and won for a half a billion dollars, saying that that interferes with their ability to make the profit by polluting the water. They said polluting the water is part of our, our business plan, and uh, you're interfering it by regulating it, and so Canada has to pay. This is what they're fighting for for Australia. Uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership essentially will uh, and the ability of Australians to have any influence over the government because the government will not have any influence over the companies, uh, over the privatized companies. Uh, this will cause such poverty that the Australian government will have to meet its uh, welfare and especially its military spending on buying arms from the United States by uh, selling off more and more of the government uh, uh, enterprises to pr be privatized and creating more and more monopolies. Uh, it's it's an accelerated road to uh, neo-serfdom. It's just madness how much the public are putting up with. And I see in, at the moment there's uh, some uh, extreme uh, fires in Northern California, the wine country fires they're calling them. And it seems that the austerity cutbacks that the corporation there has put through has seen uh, a 15, a 16% drop in maintenance, uh, i.e. tree trimming around power lines, set off for fires again. And these guys have decades of, uh, of doing this same sort of practice, uh, but still they get away with it despite the fact that uh, dozens of homes have been lost. 
This is an important point you're bringing up, and it has not been mentioned in any of uh, the U.S. main media. PG&E said, uh, we want to push up the stock price, and to do that, we have to cut back by, I think it was $67 million a year in uh, tree maintenance in order to pay out his dividends. Because if we stop trimming the trees around the power lines and we pay out his dividends, our stock price will be more, and we, the CEOs, are paid according to how much we can uh, push up uh, the stock price and increase uh, earnings. So uh, the PG&E is one of the most uh, powerful uh, monopolists in California and uh, uh, basically controls the public regulatory commission there and has blocked uh, any regulators from saying, wait a minute, if you don't cut down the tree, uh, the tree branches, then whenever the wind blows, these branches are going to uh, rush against the lines and tear them up. And I'm told uh, there have been reports that every few yards there's a break in the power lines. And these breaks are when a power line falls onto the ground, the electricity goes into the ground, makes a spark, and that starts a fire. Uh, that concept is much too hard for Californians to understand. Uh, they say that, wait a minute, some of our pension funds are invested in PG&E and we lose our pension. It's worth it to us. It's worth it to the Californians to have their houses burned down so that their pension plans can make a little bit more money on PG&E stock going up. That's their decision. And you have to let them you have to let them commit suicide. Uh, you have to let them uh, have their houses burned down uh, and their people die because that's their choice. Uh, that uh, it's a democratic choice to uh, uh, to let PG&E stop uh, cutting down uh, the the, uh, the tr uh, tree branches along the power lines. It's it's amazing, and part of this choice, of course, is because the banks, uh, the big investors who control PG&E, also have bought up the major media in the United States, and the mass media don't don't say that there's any connection as to why are all these fires happening. Uh, it's as if somehow they're happening because of a hurricane, but a hurricane doesn't uh, uh, produce fires. Uh, uh, all of the wires and uh, the wiring that the uh, electric companies put up is supposed to withstand a wind. And in engineering terms, uh, they're made to withstand the wind. So obviously there's another factor there. Nobody's asked what this other factor is in the public press, although it's all over the internet. Part of the reason Lloyd Blankfein and... Uh many others in the one percent are surprised that this growing radicalness of politics is uh, that we have record low inflation in so many countries now when i look in the press and i see that property prices have increased by over 15 percent here in melbourne australia you wonder how they can dare say there's record low inflation but this trend exists all around the planet uh, how did this begin it begins by uh, a verbal semantic trick, and that's what, uh, why I wrote J is for junk economics. The trick is to think of inflation only in terms of consumer prices, not in terms of asset prices. There's no economic theory today that relates, for instance, the $4.3 trillion worth of Federal Reserve quantitative easing to uh, the pushing up of the uh, stock market, the real estate market, and the bond market. There's no theory that relates Euro the Eurozones. 4.3 trillion euro quantitative easing 
to uh, the European rise in stock and bond prices and real estate prices. Economic theory is taught in the mainstream universities, uh, simply says there are only one kind of prices we're looking at, and that is consumer prices and wages. And if we keep uh, wages down, that's good for labor, and that's uh, because that will lower the cost of what it spends money on. So labor, uh, I think, uh, in the ideal is to make labor vote for low prices, meaning low wages, thinking somehow it's going to be better if it if it only it can uh, earn less than it can afford to buy monopoly goods uh, at a cheaper price, as if there's some connection there. Uh, and that's what's described in the textbook, but it's all a fake connection. It's junk economics. Mm, well, they're flying blind when you think about it on so many fronts when it comes to the statistics. To unemployment, uh, you need to work uh, uh, one hour a week uh, to be considered employed. No wonder uh, employment levels are at record lows. Uh, same with inflation. Uh, GDP figures have all sorts of issues there as well too, don't they? Uh, perhaps you can uh, tell us how uh, they've managed to ignore the role of credit in GDP. They don't ignore it. That's the problem. They include it. All the money that uh, Goldman Sachs makes, and uh, Lloyd Blankfein said that his uh, uh, partners in his firm are paid more than anyone else because they're more productive. Uh, all of the money that's paid uh, to the financial sector, all the money that's paid to landlords, that's all considered as an addition to GDP instead of a subtrahend. The reality is that the money paid to the financial sector and the money paid to the real estate sector is subtracted from what's left over for the real economy, the workers and investors and the factories to have. So uh, it's uh, you say it's flying blind, but it's not flying blind. All of this fake uh, statistics are the result of lobbyists. Lobbyists have written the laws that define what the GDP is, what the statistics are, what the employment statistics are. And uh, as long as the lobbyists uh, write the laws, then you're going to have junk statistics that are used to back up junk economics. With record low interest rates in so many nations around the planet, uh, have monetarists snookered themselves? Are they going to be able to use interest rates uh, in the future and, and use them to uh, curb demand when they're needed? Or are the, the land-related debts in real estate so great that uh, interest rates now are... Uh, pretty well hamstrung as a policy tool. Uh, the monetarists uh, know who they're paid for. Uh, if you're a, an economist, you're working for some company. You're working for a think tank, you're working for a university, and uh, in order to be hired, a precondition of being hired as an economist is not understanding how the economy works. If you do understand how the economy works, and especially if you say there's such a thing as unearned income, there's such a thing as called economic rent, uh, is what Ricardo and Adam Smith and uh, Marx uh, spoke about, then uh, you're not going to be hired. It's uh, sort of like a, a woman who's hired who complains about being uh, molested by her, her male employer. Uh, they're called troublemakers. So uh, you're saying that the monetarists are still going to figure a way out of out of uh, record low interest rates? What do you mean figure out a way out of? Well, the, it's been the primary tool of central banks to influence aggregate demand, but now interest rates are being pushed so low, it's jacked up a global real estate bubble faster than anyone thought possible. That's uh, the idea. Yeah, but how are they going to be able to at least 
save some face and use monetary policy to uh, influence demand? They don't care about saving face. They care about earning an income. You think it's people go to work uh, because they want an ego? They go to work because they, they need to eat. They got in the habit of eating regularly when they were kids. Uh, they want an income. So what's going to happen at a certain point is uh, the real estate industry will decide what the manufacturing industry in the West have already decided. The game is up. All you can do is take the money and run. So all of a sudden, uh, the insiders on Wall Street are going to sell short uh, the stocks of the banks, and they're going to say, okay, we know a crash is coming. We're going to take our money, cash out, keep it, pull the rug out, tell the government, okay, now you can raise the interest rates. That's going to cause a huge crash, not only of the stock and bond market, but the real estate market. And then all of these uh, take the money and runners who uh, have their, their cash are going to do just what uh, they did uh, via the hedge funds in the United States, like Blackstone after uh, the uh, 2008 crisis. They're going to come in and buy up all of the uh, defaulted real estate at pennies on the dollar. They're going to buy up the bankrupt companies uh, that can't meet their debt service at pennies on the dollar. So it's a one-two punch. Uh, first of all, you push up the prices on credit, then uh, you sell the companies short, withdraw the credit, and grab everything uh, at a distressed price. This has been going on for hundreds of years. Never at this uh, level and degree, to be sure, but uh, the basic tactic hasn't changed. Well, let's hope the public wakes up sometime soon, Michael, and uh, starts reading your books because uh, we urgently need a drastic uh, rise in the economic literacy of the everyday person. It just... Uh, it just frustrates me that everyone wants to be wealthy but so few care about the rules of economic engagement well people probably won't wake up until after the crash occurs uh, and by then it'll be too late they'll have lost their house uh, and they won't have any money to buy my book or anyone else's book well michael thanks so much for joining us here on the renegade economist okay it's good to be here there we have Professor Michael-Hudson.com, Michael-Hudson.com, talking about this challenge to our sovereignty as uh, the rent seekers take over. It's not accurate enough to say the corporates. You've got to look at it and see that it's those who are trying to make money in their sleep by this sort of regulatory capture, by the reduction of taxation upon these natural monopolies and privatizing them all. These are all unearned incomes. And of course, the most obvious example of it all is real estate. And those who uh, manage to employ lobbyists to build train stations near their new land and get a healthy rezoning on that so that uh, the windfall gains are uh, in the uh, tens of millions of dollars. So, of course, the big issue for me on why Blank Fine and uh, Treasurer Scott Morrison can't understand why wage growth is so slow, can't understand why there's this uh, uh, disjoint between uh, supposedly successful economies and increasingly radical politics is because they're still looking at the old game of uh, capital versus labor and ignoring these incredible unearned incomes, these capital gains that people are making in real estate. People's wages just can't keep up with it. The economic policy is not going to address it, so the inequality continues to expand, and that's why people are getting radical. They've lost faith 
in the political parties. They've lost faith in this economic system and they're fumbling in the dark trying to find a solution forward. Next time we have uh, Michael on the show, we'll have to return back to the old Malthusian diversion plan and how uh, refugees and uh, this global migration storm that's building on the uh, horizon is going to be the perfect diversion plan for them so that uh, few look at the economic rents that are causing so much concern. So that is the big issue. If you really want to digest this, uh, I've recently taken over as the editor of our 113-year-old Progress magazine. My first edition was providing a primer edition setting down the very basics of uh, this Georgist economic framework so that people can digest it in their own time and really dwell on it and dig a little deeper. So that'll be in the show notes on earthsharing.org.au. Also check out prosper.org.au. Plenty of good writing up there as well. My name's Carl Fitzgerald. Signing off on the beloved 3CR Airwaves. I look forward to uh, bringing another instalment of... uh, economic warfare to uh, hopefully alleviate your sanity to what's going on in this world. It was great to have a week off last week for Mental Health Awareness Week. My oh my, don't we all need some of that? Look after yourself out there. Don't stop now. (laughs) The breakdown of world finance is that essentially the crooks took over and were promoted on the guise that Crime is the free market. Crime is the American way. Crime is what the Washington consensus supports. Yeah.